I think that a lot of people do know some Aboriginal people that just don't realise it. You look at my mum, she's English, you look at my dad, he's Aboriginal, and look at me, I'm a bit in between. <laughs> I haven't got the flat nose anymore, I sometimes wish I did. You know, just because I'm Aboriginal doesn't mean I have a flag tattooed to my forehead. Like, most of them call me Auntie Lynn, and I'm happy to be their auntie, even though that I'm not. Because I am Aboriginal because of my DNA, not because of my lingo. I am Aboriginal because of my DNA, not because of my lingo. Meet the Mob, a podcast from 1233 ABC Newcastle with Jill Emberson. Subscribe at abc.net.au slash Newcastle. I am literally out in the bush for Meet the Mob this week. I've come down to the Lower Hunter. Where am I, Deborah? You're at Yulipanau Education and Healing Centre in Mandalong. What drives you to be involved in something like this, Deb? Gee. Hang on, hold back the tears. <laughs> The vision, the vision for what it was in the beginning to support Aboriginal people caught up in the justice system, mainly our women, both men and women, we have our issue and a lot of it is minor, minimal things like traffic offences, lack of money, lack of resources to get to doctors and things, the understanding of how our people get caught up in the justice system and having a grassroots organisation that understands Aboriginal people and immerses Aboriginal people back in their culture, respect for country and self and our whole being. You, you've got a big chunk of land on which to do that work. Why was having such a huge piece of land so important to try and reach that goal, that vision that you described? It's having the environment to nurture you too. I'm miles and miles and miles away from urban Australia. Describe this piece of land for me. And yet the uh, train station's six k's up the road so we can have access to picking up our mob. It's uh, 50 acres. It's um, a lot of natural bush tucker uh, here. The first thing we did was fence out labouring cattle. It's become a sanctuary for not only Aboriginal people but local native animals. We've planted local endemic bush tucker foods because part of the healing is learning back to the culture using our bush medicines and essence for eating purposes and for healing purposes and for knowledge. So it's all a circle of the whole process of learning and just immersing ourselves back in our culture, learning about our culture and um, being comfortable in your skin and being connected to your country and not just floating over it. In the time that you've been connected here to this place in Mandalong, Deborah, have you seen people actually come out kind of empowered by the experience and able to move forward in their lives? Yeah, um, a lot of it is having, and that's how we got set up in the first place and a lot of what Michelle Knight does was the conduit between corrective services and community on exiting prison with issues with docks, uh, Centrelink, getting a house. One of the things we found was a massive issue of recidivism was not having somewhere to go when you leave jail and trying to get a public rental. And we had a, a partnership for community housing where they managed two homes, but we they're actually identified for inmates exiting prison. They're only for inmates exiting prison so that they were available because that's one of the biggest issues. And then getting um, on the Centrelink to get payments, getting access to children through docks. If you don't have a house, you can't have access. If you, you know, if you don't have a job and you don't have a home, you can't see your children. And it's just this whole circle. So Yulipanau was setting up with uh, the property, with also staying on the property and also having rentals to go to on exiting prison or exiting the property. 
Deborah Swan with me on Meet the Mob on 12.33 ABC Newcastle, sitting out on the edge of beautiful bushland. Where'd you grow up? I grew up in Tookley, New South Wales. Haven't gone very far. I still live in Tookley. Tookley, Nora Head, dark and young country. I'm Nut and Jerry woman from South Australia, the Karong, but I've never lived there. I've lived here all my life. Most of what I know and have been taught has been on dark and young country or Wobbicle. And I, uh, my father was adopted, so um, I was pretty much adopted in my community and um, learnt through my community. Did you grow up identifying as Aboriginal? Not so much at school. It wasn't such a, an issue. Not that I didn't identify. It wasn't that you ever had a box to tick, I guess. And we were still taught about Captain Cook and all that sort of thing when I went to school. My father was killed in a car accident when I was 19 and... I guess, and I had uh, my daughter, I was 20, so having a daughter and losing my father, who's the Aboriginal person in my family, then started bringing up all those questions and wanting to know more about my dark skin and where where my Aboriginal lady come from. I know it was, uh, you know, something that I always wondered but never focused too much on until I had my own child, I guess, when you start um, settling down and wanting to know a bit more about life. Before that, it was all your, your youth and you got so much to do. Has that changed the direction of your life? Yes, it has, yeah. In one concept, you're still doing, you know, say different careers I've had is uh, catering, uh, festivals and culture and heritage sort of thing. But even with the catering and the festivals, it's still got the underlying bush foods and agriculture, you know, dances and things like that, whether it was a main focus or not. So, yeah, it's still there underlying, but then focus more on it as you get older, I guess. It sounds like you've added heaps of focus to it because now you're involved in a big Aboriginal organisation around Lake Macquarie. And I understand you're even doing a PhD on something that's got a bit of an Aboriginal connection. Is that right? Yes, it's um, Tucker Tracks from Bunya Mountains back to New South Wales East Coast. So it's a... It's sort of an obsession I've had for a long time of bunya trees, bunya pines, but they're not a pine, and mapping the bunya trees back to the east coast of New South Wales because I believe they're old remnants of tucker tracks back to um, community groups. Describe a bunya tree for me. They're sort of in the uh, wallamai, sort of like a wallamai pine. Uh, They're very large trees. They have like a hood on the top and they have these big nuts that have kernels that have like a hundred kerns in each of them and mostly every three years they have an abundance of nuts that fall meaning there'd be a lot of food meaning a lot of people could come and gather and and meet so hence a lot of Aboriginal people would go to the Bunya Festival. Up to 30,000 people would go and meet in the Bunya Mountains uh, every three years. for. Where are they? In say about 200 k's west of Brisbane. Have you been there? I've been there. Um, I'm tr- heading up for the next Bunya Festival in January, um, uh, get my Neath Pass and start my interviews and all that sort of thing then. What's a Bunya Festival like? Well, I haven't been to one yet, but there'll be a gathering of people interested in the area, the story, people with connection to the area, um, people who also have stories to bring from their relations of Aboriginal people going to the Bunya Festivals. Those festivals meant a lot of things. People trade, marriage, exchange in song, dance, resources, um, information. Yeah, a lot. Where are you at in that PhD journey? Well, I hopefully, uh, the plan is to finish 2017. Well, I'm trying to focus on that. (laughs) 
Deborah Swan with me on Meet the Mob on 12.33 ABC Newcastle. Deborah, down here in Mandalong on the southern side of the lake, if you like, the northern side of uh, Gosford and dark and young country, I've often had the sense that this is a really big Aboriginal community that lives around here, but I, I don't really know it. Can you give me a sense of whether it is a big community and how connected it is around here? Yeah, it is a big community, very connected. Like a dark and young, a wobbicle would intermingle a lot along with everybody else. We have a lot of different groups that now reside on the East Coast, um, a lot more job opportunities and housing and employment. Everyone knows everyone pretty much. Um, the black grapevine is really fast in our communities. No need for emails. The black grapevine is faster. Is it a mobile phone? Oh, yeah, we've got a mobile phone. Yeah, Facebook? Yeah, Facebook's very fast. <laughs> yeah, watch out. People find you everywhere. I was at a wedding the other weekend. I had a friend ring me up and say, are you at a wedding? There's a photo of you on my friend's Facebook. And I just went, oh, gee. No escape. <laughs> no. Does that annoy you or do you find it fun? I find it funny sometimes. No, it doesn't annoy me. No, there's nothing, you know, none of us are out doing anything to hide, but it's just funny how quick um, our mobs track us down and know where you are. You're a hunter woman. I wonder then, Deb, whether you uh, heard about or have a, a view of that recent episode on the SBS program First Contact of a non-Indigenous hunter woman walking off the show. She was kind of disgusted, in her words, of what the she saw about mutual. Aboriginal people. The what? feeling was mutual. I'd like to take Sandy, her name was. I'd like to take Sandy on a day out and um, a bit of cultural immersion and understanding more of our Aboriginal people. I think it was a shame she ended up leaving. I guess every Aboriginal person's phones are red hot over that show. With what kind of comments going around? Um, just people trying to understand, I guess, an understanding. Aboriginal phones going hot, what, between Aboriginal people or non-Aboriginal people, both? Probably both, but more non-Aboriginal people ringing Aboriginal people who are friends and wanting a more understanding, yeah... It's brought a, a conversation up, but anyway. You'd like to have a conversation with Sandy, would you? Yeah, I'd love to have a conversation with Sandy. I'd like to spend a day or two with Sandy. I guess I was surprised at how naive some people were and lack of understanding of Aboriginal people in today's society. Yeah. But each to their own. Everyone has their own, you know, and it's what we've been brought up to, what we've been taught, mostly in our schools and our families. So, you know, we only know what we know. It's up to us to get out and learn. Well, with places like this that aren't that far away from most parts of the Hunter, uh, yeah, this seems like a great opportunity to learn. Can non-Aboriginal people come here to Yulipanal? Yeah, we do culture we do culture camps and immerse um, non-Aboriginal people into, you know, Aboriginal culture and heritage. And anyone that's interested, give uh, Tammy a ring and we'll organise a camp and they can come. Do non-Aboriginal people get anything out of places like this? Yeah, we often, like we had a camp not... Uh, beginning of the year was with Forestry, Red Cross, Mirroring Aboriginal Women's Group was its Dark and Young's group um, and we invited a broader community, non-Aboriginal people to come out. We made canoes, we did uh, weaving, um, we did tool making, we had a bus of South Coast Aboriginal people come up and we invited the broader community to come and get involved. There's also a Mandalong Association here. Um, that was set up due to mining and all the rest of it. And they've had a couple of meetings here. We're a member of that and we invite them to anything we do too because they're our neighbours. All of this going on in Mandalong? Yeah, this is all going on in Mandalong. Thanks for spending a moment with me for Meet the Mob. 
Thank you, Jill, and it's been lovely having you out here to uh, introduce you to Country and Yulipanau. You've been listening to a 1233 ABC Newcastle podcast. For more, visit our website at abc.net.au slash newcastle.